Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What to Watch on Netflix. My name is Jed Shepard, um, and I'm here with a guest called Tom Stab. Hello, mate. Hello, you right? I'm very well. I'm very well. It's quite weird being on a podcast where yes. you're allowed to talk. It's I know. been quite a while because I, I did the Smegheads one. Yeah. And then obviously we've done the Alan Partridge fan podcast together, Monkey the Tennis. Roller coaster. That you're not allowed to talk on, that I'm, I'm the host allowed. of. That you're not allowed to talk on so it's quite weird having an actual conversation with you and recording a podcast it is um for those who who don't know what monkey tennis is give give, give them a rough idea of why they should this isn't a recommendation by the way well actually it is a recommendation it should be a recommendation yeah. you're the producer that's true it's really good <laughs> but for those who don't know um what is monkey tennis about so monkey tennis uh is four mates sitting in a room talking about alan partridge really we've done two series and a live show so far we dissect uh an episode uh, episode by episode yeah. Um, and yeah we've done the two series of I'm Alan Partridge so far um, a live show with, for the which film Alpha, pa- Alpha Papa which was fantastic yeah. and uh, this very weekend we're starting Knowing Me Knowing You so um, yeah looking forward to that it's going to be great and because there are a lot of um, Americans who listen might not know who Alan Partridge hmm. is just a rough like 20 seconds synopsis of, of who Alan Partridge is why why he's so um, in the kind of British zeitgeist so Alan Partridge is the comedic creation of uh, Steve Coogan, uh, played mm-hmm. by Steve Coogan. Um, started on on the Hour, which was a show that uh, hit. Started off as a radio show and then progressed uh, to become the Day to Day, which went out on TV. A collaboration with Chris Morris, um, who you may know from Four Lions. He was the act- he's an actor in the IT crowd as well. Um, then went on to have uh, a radio show called Know Me Knowing You, which is a mock chat show um, that then went to TV on the BBC in the UK and. Then then I'm Alan Partridge, a sitcom based on his life post uh, the disaster that was his chat show that went out on TV, uh, films, TV, books, the the, the lot. It's sort yeah. of um, you know if you're talking about iconic comedic characters from from Britain, he's you know he's got to be he's got to be in in he's there. The top, yeah, yeah, definitely. And can I say it's been a real pleasure producing uh, that show, even though we don't let you talk. No, no, <laughs> it's good. Sometimes I need to be reined, reined in. A yeah, it's bit. very true. It's very true. Um, but um, yeah, it's because they came to me with the idea for for this podcast, which they've had banging around in their heads for for years now. Well, we had it was about two years that we were talking about doing a yeah. podcast. We just didn't know what it was going to be about, and then suddenly one of us, um, I think his name's Nick, uh, decided. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, he came up with the idea of of doing it on Alan Partridge, and it kind of took off from there. So. I did not know this was Nick's idea. This. Yeah, is. we oh because you the drunk cast never made it to air. No. Basically, after the live show, me, uh, Tom, Adam, and Nick the other um, co-host of Monkey Tennis went down to Bristol to, to have a night out. We've been planning it for a while, you know, to, to, to go visit Adam down in Bristol. He lives down there. Um, it just so it coincided with, with, with the live show. And we did a drunk cast when we got home from from the multiple bars They've of, never of let Bristol. Me hear it. No, and no one is ever going to hear right, it. Okay. <laughs> but we lo- we I looked at the WhatsApp group chat of when we first talked about so first doing the podcast which was two years ago yeah. and then the first mention of doing it on Alan Partridge which was by Nick which was only in February of last year Wow! so okay. by the time you know uh, we'd, we'd sort of researched it recorded it and put it out it was about May June time wasn't it yeah. for the first series so actually once we dicked around for two years trying to decide what we were going to do it actually happened quite quickly and obviously with the facilities that you kindly provided for <laughs> yeah. us gratis uh, <laughs> well a producer credit <laughs> it just kind of yeah it went it's, from there so good because like i went when these guys brought it to me i just i thought okay this is this is a great idea um and i'll do this as well as my other podcasts um but it's just kind of blossomed into like this big ginormous juggernaut of a podcast where uh it's like taking over well taking over the uk at least yeah well it went to number one on itunes which just blew our minds it's just incredible, incredible. Yeah. um and yeah serial and yeah. mark maron and all those bbc shows yeah i think it's also sort of testament to, to how people still still revere that character and love that character because yeah. so many people have, have kind of you know got into contact with us and say this is just kind of like what me and my mates do down the pub it's yeah. you know i really enjoyed listening to it i've gone back and watched the old episodes and stuff like that so i think obviously what i said earlier about him being sort of this iconic character is really sort of the longevity of of, of partridge has, has has allowed us to be able to sort of be as quote-unquote successful as it has been yeah well, let's hope uh, it continues um in the future <laughs> yeah well with the next series so yeah we're recording it this weekend that's gonna be fun yeah
Um, so look, back on to uh, the format, though. Um, so the format of the show, as you guys out there will know by now, because this is episode three, is uh, I come with three suggestions of what to watch on Netflix, um, and my guest also does the same. When I say Netflix, it's a catch-all for any streaming service, so it can be uh, Hulu, it can be Amazon, it can be Shudder, which is a great uh, horror streaming uh, network. Um, it, can, it can even be YouTube. Um, anything like that is is fine. Um, so don't, don't get tied down in semantics, guys. Um, as always, I'm coming to you first with my first pick, What to Watch on Netflix. Um, and it's a documentary that's just come onto Netflix this, um, actually in 2016, uh, but I think it's only been on there in the last few weeks. And this is on Netflix worldwide, so it's very easy to get a hold of. Um, and it's about one of my favourite subjects, which is cults. Um, this this documentary is called Holy Hell. Um, have you seen it, Tom? I have not, but uh, from what you've said already, it's kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. Um, so Holy Hell is, I mean, there are quite a few kind of cult uh, things about like um, Manson on there and, and, and other kind of um, weirdos from yeah. like, the 60s and 70s. But this is like kind of up to date. This, this was only happening very recently. So it's about a um, a guy who was in the cult himself, and he was a self-appointed kind of cinematographer, kind of documenter in the cult. Um, but at the time, he didn't know he was in a cult. He just thought he was with a group of people who had like-minded kind of ambitions to make the world a better place. So sorry, the documentary maker didn't know he was in a. He didn't know he was in the cult. He thought he was he was in the cult, what? and he was he was just filming stuff on behalf of the of the cult. Because at the time, it was just kind of a group of. But he didn't know it was a cult. He didn't know it was a cult until... Uh, I'll, I'll wow. come to that, yeah. Okay. So, so, so this was why you get kind of like a first-person perspective of what it's like to be in a cult and then slowly dawning on you that this isn't as uh, this isn't just a bunch of mates hanging out. Um, so it all revolves around um, a... What's, what's, called, what's called the Buddha field. Kind of the loose name for the cult, the Buddha field. But it's nothing really to do with kind of Buddha. And it's um, there's the central figure, which is like in all cult. There's a central figure, and the guy's name is uh, Mikel M I C H E L. Sorry, is this is this in the U S? This is of course it's in right, the U S. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's this kind of like almost like Jesus like figure who, at the start, he's just kind of like mating with everyone. He kind kind of tells everyone to go and uh, help out like people less fortunate, and kind of he kind of hugs you a lot and stuff. And he seems like a good guy. Noble intentions, by the yeah, sounds exactly. of things. Exactly, and he's kind of got Eastern European looking, but then it slowly dawns on you that he's abusing people in in the cult, and it slowly kind of comes out that everything he does is about the kind of grooming of every single member of, of the cult. Male and female, any age. Yeah. Right, okay. It's pretty dark. Um, and there's also one of the, the kind of main things. They tell, This isn't a spoiler because they tell you quite near the start that there's rumours that he was into porn before this whole cult stuff. Right. So maybe that will come up later on in the in the um, documentary if you watch it. Um, but it's just f absolutely fascinating just the way that um, people who are of normal intelligence get find themselves in a situation where they can't get out of. Isn't this just Scientology? It's There's a lot of allusions to yeah. Scientology and of being, um, because I mean, most people there are kind of middle-class white people who want to kind of better themselves mm -hmm. and do so by kind of giving up all of their earthly possessions. Um, Sorry, this is allegedly what Scientology is like. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Allegedly. Scientology is a lot worse than that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so you get first-person kind of footage speaking to this cult leader, which you probably won't get in any other documentary. Yep. You got, you, there's not really any footage of Manson kind of, like, preaching to people, um, hours and hours of footage anyway. And this is just, like, you and, you and the cult leader shooting the, shooting the shit, really. Um, and, I mean... It starts to go, I mean, it's just greatly edited because the pacing of it kind of surprises you. So at first you go, okay, this is just a weird little kind of cult. And then it kind of gets darker and darker and darker and there's twists and turns. And you just don't know where, where it's going to end up. And just when you think the documentary has ended, then there's like a coda, which just scares the hell out of you. So yeah, I, I fully recommend it. It's available everywhere on on uh, Netflix. What's it called again, sorry? It's called Holy Hell. Right. And yeah, I mean, I'm just obsessed with anything kind of cultish. I always thought that I would make a great cult leader because my surname's Shepherd. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I can see that. Yeah. I don't know, Shepherd's Flock or something. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's my first pick of, of the show, Tom. That um, sounds awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. Um, it, it was also selected in competition at Sundance Film Festival last year. Um, and talking of Sundance, I'm at that next week. So 
Uh, Look at that for a segue. Hopefully I will uh, follow in this uh, documentary's lovely footsteps. Tom, what's your first pick? So before I start, can I just give yeah. a quick um, shout out to three programs that were I was considering yeah, sure. to, to talk this, about. This is good. Um, we like little segues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, was, I had sort of like a bit of a short list that I, I whittled it down to. Yeah. Um, so these ones didn't quite make the cut, but um, I wanted to, to give them a shout out anyway. Okay. Um, the first one's uh, a program uh, called The Code, which uh, okay. is a six-part um, Australian political conspiracy thriller okay. from 2014. Um, it's uh, on Netflix. The second series came out in Australia last year, I think, but it's not on Netflix okay, yet. I've not heard of this. The code. It's, it's awesome. It's really okay. cool. So um, super intense, uh, brilliantly acted. Yeah. I, I, I won't go into too much detail, but um, yeah, really, I do recommend going and checking it out because yeah. it's. I love a conspiracy theory Especially thriller. Australian one. Yeah, That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. So um, check that out. Okay. Uh, the second one was Top of the Lake which uh, was on the BBC about 2013 with uh, Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men. So um, we're going south of the equator again because that's all set in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And basically a 12-year-old girl, um, she's pregnant and she disappears and this FBI agent... um, Is she by any chance at the top of the lake? There is she, the, the the opening shot is the girl in a lake. Okay, cool. right, okay. <laughs> but there's kind of cultish aspects in that. Um, like yeah, a yeah. little bit. It's not quite as surreal as that, but there's okay. definitely element. It's more grounded in reality than that. Right. Okay. Um, but um, and Peter Mullins in it as well, who right. is who is brilliant. Um, yeah, so I really, really recommend that as well. Um, Elizabeth Moth- Moss is brilliant. In it. She's, she's, she's brilliant great, in everything. Yeah, um, and then you'll notice a theme here. This is another. This is a crime drama called River. Um, oh, I watched the first episode. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I didn't want. I don't want to say too much <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean, there's a massive sort of plot twist at the end yeah. of the first episode. So I don't want to say too did, much. Did you, see, did you see that coming? No, 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 not at all. And it's got Stellan Skarsgård in it and Nicola Walker, who, amazing. yeah, you might not recognise the name, but you see her and you're like, she's been in every British Everything, sort yeah. of uh, crime drama of yeah. the last 10, 15 really years. Piercing eyes, yeah. She's brilliant in it. So I don't want to say too much, but that's brilliant as well. So those are three series that um, I wanted to sort of recommend yeah. before we actually get a into little, my picks. more bang for, 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 your, for your podcast. Exactly, yeah, there, exactly. Yeah. A bit of a bonus. But um, yeah, I can't recommend those enough. They're really great. Okay. So now on to your, to your actual picks. Yeah, so um, what I've tried to do is I've tried to um, split it out and do a TV show, yeah. uh, a film, and some stand-up. Wow. So to sort of uh, to break it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Well, uh, I wanted to mix it up a bit because my Netflix habits tend to be series based okay. I don't watch I don't end up watching a huge amount of films on Netflix mostly yeah. because uh, the films that I really want to see I go and see at the cinema um, there are a small amount of film well there's quite a lot of films in my my list you know to watch yeah. but I just never tend to get round to them I just end up watching just binge watching on series yeah. I'd rather sit and watch six hours of, of, of series TV than than one or two films back to back yeah find the fact that you can break up a series into hour or 45 minute chunks yeah. a lot more digest- digestible i think my attention to detail is a little bit uh, yeah. less but um but i have included a film but um i wanted to start with uh, a I'm tv excited. show a tv show yeah. um which i think you've seen and okay. i hope my choices aren't too sort of basic and like That's everyone's fine. seen them but this is a um, worldwide podcast <laughs> this was one that was recommended to me i think by you and okay. by um the other hosts of monkey tennis certainly right. two of them i think maybe nick as well i can't remember <laughs> uh, but certainly tom and adam recommended it and it's uh, a sitcom called the detectorists it's a great. Which is quite difficult to say. Every time I say it to someone, I go detectorists and they go to detectorists. I think that's a great choice because um, I think it is very, very underrated and underseen. But yeah, you, you explain why it's so good. So TV sitcom written and directed by Mackenzie Crook, who you will know from The Office and also starring the amazing Toby Jones. Yeah. Um, I think a good barometer of whether a film is going to be good is whether it's got Toby Jones in it or not. I think he's fast becoming one of my favourite actors. Yeah. Um, so strangely for a BBC sitcom, it was broadcast on BBC Four. So it started on BBC Four in 2014 and it's basically about a group of metal detectors in a small fictional town in Essex. Now, that doesn't sound like the most exciting uh, program in the entire world and to be honest it's not the most exciting <laughs> TV program in the entire world um, it's uh, it 
we like there's a lot of shit going on in the world right you know every day you're bombarded whenever you open twitter when you, you watch the news it's just shit yeah. it's just shit news on shit news Absolute on shit, shit news storm. so there is always a place in the world for something that is serene and gentle and yeah. nice and warm-hearted and yeah, just very generally very yes. just very very funny yeah and i think that show really does that it came along for me to watch it at a really good time yeah. when it was the beginning of the year um like christmas was over it was you know january it was cold the decorations had come down and i finally started watching this program and just watched it pretty much continuously back to back all the way through sort of just start in the first week of january yeah. um so what i love about it is that it focuses or sort of the 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 the, the main crux of the program is about kind of about british eccentrics yeah which has been done a lot in the past but it's it's sort of quaint in that way that doesn't ram it down people's throats in the way that something like the great british bake-off does yeah so you would say it's a it's a sort of classic kind warm-hearted uh sitcom mm -hmm. um just about british people just living their lives in these little towns yeah it's, it's like the, the all the new and nuances of like the most mundane things in the world is what makes it interesting it's just, just very subtle but just, just brilliant writing, and fantastic writing, yeah. and so funny, and just these little throwaway quips that that. There's one thing that Mackenzie Crook does because he he writes, directs, and stars in this. Yeah. Is that he writes dialogue so well and so naturally. It's just it, you you believe the characters. You don't think they are kind of eccentrics, mm -hmm. but they're believable eccentrics. Yeah, and. Um, you just want to hang out with them, you even really the, do, even yeah. though they're d they're just walking around detecting <laughs> metal in the field, and they're kind of like they're they're bantering between each other, uh, Mackenzie Crook and, and Toby Jones. Um, you just you just want to hang out with them. You want to be a metal detector you, because you really it looks like the, so much fun. But it's almost like it's like a metaphor for life because these people are out there looking for something something else when um, the actual treasure is like mm. just between themselves, like talking to each other and, and friendship. Yeah, and I think. There is all because they are. You could argue that they're quite not sad characters, but they're kind of very um, inward facing. They're kind of yeah, they're, yeah. They're, introverted. Yeah, and to be a detector, a metal detectorist, you have to be quite insular and mm. happy in your own company. Mm. And I think the, there is a temptation, or it, in the wrong hands, you could end up laughing at them. But you never laugh at them. You're no. laughing with them, and you're laughing kind of the. The, the, the camaraderie, the genuine friendship and love that the two main characters have between yeah. each other. Yeah. And it never really... There is a bit of drama in there. Like, there's a bit of tension between um, Toby Jones's character and a, and a daughter who turns up, mm -hmm. and then Mackenzie Crook's character with his wife. Um, I won't go into too many details about what that's about, but... You know, there is a little bit of tension there, but it's never like, you know, uh, life or death or, or you know, uh, too dramatic. Yeah. It's just normal people living normal lives because, you know, obviously it's a hobby that people have. And, um, yeah, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I cannot recommend it highly enough. And I think it appeals to a lot of people as well. I think it will. I think it will appeal to a lot of American people as mm. well who actually want to see another side of, of uh, London, when not just kind of the hoity-toity people making baking cakes. They're actually real people behind mm. the scenes doing kind of mundane stuff. Yeah, because um, I think in in if you go to Middle England, there's a temptation to make you know make people posh and yeah. you know the, that kind of eccentric. Yeah. Um, and you know that's just not a reflection of everyone in this Most country. So UK, yeah. so it's good to see that you know it, it, a show like this, which celebrates celebrates eccentricity, but done in a really kind warm-hearted manner that yeah. that yeah i just absolutely loved it that's a great that's a, gr that's a great choice great first pick there tom stab thanks man um on to my second pick now my second pick i'm gonna do a little bit of a disclaimer first i'm gonna have to explain the world of tim and eric because my second pick is the uh 2012 movie tim and eric's billion dollar movie <laughs> So first okay. of all, I feel like I need to explain who Tim and Eric are. Okay. So Tim and Eric are a comedy duo uh, from America. They are very, very surreal. Um, they are two of the funniest people alive at the moment, I think. They've had multiple TV shows. The kind of one that kind of brought them to kind of prominence is one called Tim and Eric's Awesome Show, Great Job, which is a series of surreal sketches. And they, um, and they have regular characters coming on just... Being very 
unusual. So they have, not only do they have unusual real life people coming on, they have celebrity cameos. So they have um, like Jeff Goldblum come on, uh, John C. Riley's on there, Zach Galifianakis is always making an appearance on the show. Good stock, good yeah. people. Um, but the, the main thing that I like uh, Tim and Eric's awesome show for is because they introduced the world to David Lieberhart. Now, David Lieberhart is a cable access show star. He did a Christian science TV show for about 10 years. Right. Where he involved, where he taught the Bible using puppets. The freak, most freakish looking puppets you can think of. Um, he also sang songs. Um, and he's maybe in his 60s. Um, and... He's on basically every single episode of Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job, and he's become like this cult star. There's a he like took now. So he's a real person. He's a real person. He, he plays it straight. He tours. He tours the world. He has a big cult following, and um, due to the success of Tim and Eric's awesome show, Great Job, they made this movie called Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. So sorry, the show you were referencing before. Yeah. Uh, awesome show, Great Job. Yeah. Is that a sketch show? It's a sketch show. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, it's on Adult Swim, so mm -hmm. if you have Adult, Adult Swim, you can check it out or go to their website. Uh, but yeah, so they made a film in 2012 called Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie, using a lot of the same characters. So you have Jeff Goldblum in it, you have John C. Riley, you have Zach Galifianakis. And the movie is about Tim and Eric being given a billion dollar budget to make a movie. Um, and it starts off with them with the uh, financiers, um, a guy called uh, two, uh, Tommy Slang is the guy that gave him the money mm. from the Slang Corporation. Um, and they introduce their billion dollar movie and it ends up being a three minute short film called Bonjour Diamond Jim. Um, <laughs> and that is like, wh where's the money gone? And it, they spent all the money um, on a uh, Johnny Depp lookalike. Uh, but they did say Johnny Depp was going to be in the film, but they got a lookalike instead and just blown it. Um, they paid Zach Galifianakis 500 grand a week uh, to be a personal shop and a spiritual guru for the film. Um, so, yeah, so basically they're in trouble and they need to come up with a billion dollars fast. So they see an advert for a, a closing or like a, a shopping mall that's closing down or that needs um, new management. So they think their big idea is they'll take over this uh, shopping mall and make it a billion dollar profit from it in order to get the money back to the Slang Corporation. Uh, and there, But there's loads of problems, like there's loads of homeless people living in, in, in the uh, shopping mall, so they have to sort that out. And there's tons of weird characters that pop in, in and out of their lives. And it's a very, very surreal film. And as you can imagine, it absolutely bombed at the box. <laughs> absolutely bombed. Everybody hated it. Um, but I loved it. So I was just... Uh while you were talking, I did yeah. a bit of a Google because I've I've not heard of Tim and Eric. Okay. But then I know one of like, I know who one of them is because Eric Wareheim, Wareheim, yeah. Wareheim, Wareheim. Uh, he is in uh, Master of None with he Aziz is. Ansari, is, yeah. which is uh, the only thing I've ever seen him in. So this is all, yeah. is this pre. Oh yeah, yeah, it's well before. So you well see before. his character in Master of None where he's a bit of like he's quite surreal. He yeah. has like that kind of pet thingy magic seal. Yeah. That is like Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job, um, but kind of diluted. So, okay. um, for example, an example sketch in Tim and Eric's show, Awesome Job, great job, is uh, Awesome Job, great job, Awesome Show, great job, <laughs> is um, this sketch called Man Milk, where they where they fill up milk bottles full of milk from from men's breasts, yep. and they um, kind of just drink it, and it becomes really popular. Um, but their nipples become really sore and, and bleeding and stuff like that. Or um, they do songs about who's got the best dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's great. And um, it, it, that's worth a kind of a, a check out. So if I like his character on Master of None, I will like Tim and Eric. Exactly. And, okay. they, um, so, and as I was talking about uh, David Lieberhart, um, who was one of the breakout stars fr from the actual TV show, um, just before you got here, I gave him a call. To find wow. out, yeah, to find out what he thought about the film and how he got involved. Amazing. Um, but he's, he did try and sidetrack me a few times. <laughs> he started talking about trains. He wanted me to find this woman that's that's lost in the UK. Um, he wanted me to um, to find some some Christian lyrics for him, um, and then he also uh, 
I also managed to get him to talk a little bit about Tim and Eric and also about how he got abducted by aliens right at the end. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah. So let's listen to that now and we'll come back in just a second. Hi, Judd here. I'm about to call David Lieberhart, star of uh, most Tim and Eric projects, uh, specifically Billion Dollar Movie. Um, I'm going to give him a call. I should call his home number or his cell. Call his home first. Um, I guess that's the least expensive for me to call from the UK. Let's have a look, see if he picks up. Hello, is that David? Oh, uh, could you do me a favor? Yeah. I'm a big train buff of the trains in the UK. I like those uh, those third rail commuter trains. Yeah, and uh, I can't get the, I can't get the uh, uh, bus to sell them to me because they say they don't sell things uh, out of the country. I'm a big big train train buff. I love the European trains and oh, I like yeah. Hornby trains a lot too. So what do you well, need? Um, I'm coming. To, I'm coming to LA next week. I was going to say. Um, oh, I well, uh, well, I'll give you some of my merchandise since I'm an actor yeah. from the Tim and Eric show in exchange for it. I'm looking for that. I can't think it's the new, uh, um, um, the new third rail trains that they have. They have a special name that they call them. They're the new, the new, the newest ones that run by third rail and Hornby made them, and so did Bachman. Oh, uh, because the Virgin Pendolinos. Are they called Pendolino trains? Uh, I want to look at the commuter train that runs uh, on the same track that goes from France to the UK. Oh, yeah, that's... I want to get that set. That's called... That's Express Line. That's called the Eurostar. Uh, yeah, I want to get that one, and I want to get that one, and then I want to get that other one. Okay, that's... that's I'm good. a big train, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I've been right now. Tim and Eric haven't called me for any work in two years, oh, yeah. but I did. I did five years of Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. Yeah. I did uh, uh, seven years of Check It Out with Dr. Steve Rule, yeah. and we're getting ready to have a reunion. Goodness, if I could find that woman's name. Her name is Mrs. Burnett, and she's a Christian science teacher and practitioner. Okay, and, uh, so you want me to find uh, find Mrs. Her name is Miss Burnett, and she and I know that she could uh, help me with my music career. I mean, my getting my music at the Christian Science Hymnal. Oh, uh, who, who, who is Mrs. Burnett? Who is Mrs. Burnett to you? Uh, well, she writes all the music in the Christian Science New Hymnal. Oh, okay. She's written like all. Well, practically 70 hymns in the Christian Science Hymnal. And uh, I need to get with someone that's, uh, okay, her, her, her name uh, her name is, uh, her, uh, her first name is F-E-N-E-L-L-A, and her last name is Burnett, and she's a Christian Science teacher and practitioner in London, England. Just, just, just because um, I was curious, how did you get into? Um, and I, I might use this on another podcast. Um, how, how did you get into uh, the whole Tim and Eric thing? Like, what was the? How did they discover you? Well, I get. Uh, well, I kept on mailing my pictures and resumes out, and then Berwin, the casting director, called me and says, "Would you like to do the uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show? Great job!" Yeah. And I said, "Sure." And then I was being interviewed, and uh, Tim and Eric asked me was I a songwriter and puppeteer, and I brought my puppets, and they asked me to write some off-the-wall songs about aliens, <laughs> and I got hired over the other eight um, African-American musicians. Right. And I've been working, I worked for them for 12 years, yeah. doing one show after another. I did I five years, Tim and Eric off. What does it feel like to be a, to be a favorite? To, to be a fan favorite? Because there are a lot of like special guests in Tim and Eric, but you are like the one that people care about the most. You're the but one that everybody liked me a lot. That's made me very famous. Yeah. Uh, and I want to uh, sometimes I get mailed um, uh, um, um, Kevin Hart's checks, but I feel uh, and I mail them back to him. 
uh, I, I, I feel that if I, I would be given more opportunities, I'd be more popular, more bigger than Kevin Hart if, if people would recognize me and give me work. Yeah, you're like the indie and, uh, Kevin Hart. You're you're the, you're like the the real uh, the real well, fans. Kevin. Well, Hart. if you I want to play in London, well, if you can call my talent agent. You know, a lot of nightclubs. I'd love to play in London, England. We would love um, to have you. And I also love... Well, contact my booking manager, Jonah Motion. His phone number is 530-470-3299. If you could get sponsorship for me to come uh-huh. to London, England, because uh, Jonah, my booking manager, Jonah, yeah. had me to, to play at nightclubs and all the money that I played for last year at the nightclubs, mm-hmm. I'm used, uh, Jonah would let me touch any of that money because he's using you all on plane fare to go to to, to, to go to uh, Australia for the third time. Wow! I want to come. I want to come to London, England. I love Europe. Yeah, I'm part European. Yes, I'm part yeah. English, German, and, and French, and and and. and um, and Scandinavian and Swedish. I'm part European and African American. So, so just back uh, to um, I, I, Tim, Tim and Eric. The fact that you tell the tell the Queen, yeah, I am related to the McKinnons, which is Scottish aristocracy. I'm part okay. aristocracy, like Obama. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm related. related to the the uh, McKinnons that married the Nelsons, which is. Um, uh, a Scottish aristocracy, and I'm related to the Kaisers, yep. and the Rexingers, which is German aristocracy. So I have a German, Scotch, Irish, and English aristocracy in me. And uh, wow. I'm, I'm, um, I'm also African American uh, as well. Yeah. And uh, so, do you think I would like? So, I bet you the I bet you the Queen could help me out since I'm part aristocracy. If I'm you sure tell she her, could. She could pull in some that, favors for you. Um, but tell her, tell her all my aristocracy family passed on the McKinnons yeah. that were Scottish aristocracy that were married to the Nelsons. They get they all married older people that couldn't give them any kids. I'm a, so I found out something odd. My I found out. That the English and the Germans intermarried a lot. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And people, well, I found out that the hearts in my family a long time ago were the Hartmans. Yeah. They cut off the M A N N. Because it's too Germanic. But I had, now I had English barely in my family that were Booms and Fords yeah. and Smiths. But it's mostly German that uh, Schroeder, Trucker, Harmon, okay. and um, and uh, and my my the my white side of the family gave my African American side of the family free property when, to my grandmother Schroeder, and um, and 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 then when we were staying in a bad part of Chicago. Yeah. And a lot of killing is is in Chicago. My white side of the family, uh, uh, that were the Boones and the Fords and the Schroders, yeah. paid for my parents to move to Park Forest, Illinois. And they were really good. And they took to my African American side and paid for my family, paid for my sisters and I to go to college and better ourselves. And then when I needed a place to stay, my uh, my grandmother Schroeder told me about my relatives, the McKinnons, and I used to see them at the family reunions. But anyway, uh, uh, I, I just tell them if I, uh, um, I uh, tell tell her that I've been having a hard time every time I send my music to Anne White. She's also from England. Okay. She rejects my music and she never looks at my songs. Well, I think and she tells that Anne London. White. If you came to London, I think it'll be. I think you'll. They'll, they'll know that you're a star, basically, because of the amount of uh, kind of people that will, will come to see you. The amount of Tim and Eric fans who kind of love you and who want to see you. Uh, but can I just talk about a uh, well, billion you, dollar movie? Can I talk about? You, you, you could talk to my talent agent. Yes, yeah, sure. Next, if, we could, if you could get uh, if you could get a Kickstarter started for me, because my talent agent doesn't want to do it. Oh really? What, what you comes? could get a 
started for me yeah, for me to you. get our fare yeah. to come to London, England, and then buy me and my booking manager, because my booking manager does my background music. Yeah, Jenna, yeah. I'd love to come to England. I, I want to go, I want to do the UK, I want to I want to do Germany, yeah. and I want to do Scotland. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go there, and then I want to go to the castles, and I have some part aristocracy. I want to see... I want to see. Well, I'm the aristocracy I'm related to is the McKinnons, the Nelsons. And can I ask you about Billion Dollar King. Movie just quickly? Just uh, can I ask you about Billion Dollar huh? Movie? Can I ask you about um, Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie quickly? Um, like wh- wh- they make me at the very end of the movie. To yeah. be honest with you, just, just between you and me, yeah. Tim and Eric are jealous of me because I have more following the fans than they do. Yeah, I, I think they're jealous Now, instead, instead, of the, instead of them trying to, you know, if I, had a, if I had someone that was a drawing card to my show, I would use them as much as I can. Now, I knew, I uh, when I first came to California and I got out of the U.S. Navy, I used to be an organist and a member of Fifth Church a Christ scientist yeah. in Hollywood, California. All the rich stars went there. Yeah. Ricky Rooney, um, Vivian Vance, yeah. Sheila McGray and her daughter, um, the actress from My Three uh, Sons, Walter Brennan, all the big, big stars went there. And, um, and Doris Day is who's still living. She's part German and English, and she lives in Carmel, California. So she used to be a very beautiful blonde actress. She um, uh, she gave me free acting lessons and voice lessons. That's right. And she liked me a lot. So and she nice? helped me out with my career, and she helped me get on different. She gave me leads to get on different TV shows. She's really nice. TV shows. Vivian Vance, who played on I Love Lucy, yeah. she was Christian Science at one time. Yeah. Hollywood, all the actors, actresses, producers were all Christian scientists. Wow. And then there, there was a shift that they all got into Scientology and got into the born-again Christian church. Yeah. And then the famous, and then the, because the Christian science church wouldn't accept any modern music, they only wanted classical music, old traditional hymns, the church... Uh, all the young people went to the born-again Christian church, the more modern church that had the bad. Yeah. And I kept on telling the Christian Science Church to attract the young people, you need to have modern music and activities for the kids. You do, they yes, would listen yes. to me. So do you think... Now... Tim, how, how often, okay, how, what happened? Sorry, can I just say, how often did Tim and Eric kind of contact you about, about um, working with you? Because it seems like they wanted to use you quite a lot in, the, in their TV shows. Like, would you turn... Well, they used me in the beginning. Yeah. They used me in the beginning all the time in their TV shows. Yeah, every episode. Practically uh, uh, every episode. I did tons of work. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, when I became more popular than them, yeah. they didn't like that. Yeah. So then they start using the U.S. I'll tell you what else they've done to me, which is dirty. Okay. Scott Clam, who's just started on the show, Scott Clam, the heavy set fat guy. Yeah, yeah. Fat Irish guy. Yeah. They used, they had me to memorize a whole bunch of skits, and then they gave them to him. Why? I'm just letting you know, it's mean. Yeah, it, it is, and and you mem- you mem- you memorized it all. Um. So is that why they only yeah, used you be, for a small it, amount it, of time? It could be a week, <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to. If I try to, uh, if I try to complain about it, they'll blackball me, so I'll never work again. Yeah. Because let me tell you, I worked on. I saw it happen. I um, used to be roommates with Robin Williams and do stand-up comedy with Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Wow, you lived with him. He was raised in Christian Science, but he left. Okay. Robin Williams uh, asked Miss Burnett also to pray for my acting career. Tell her I'm a famous actor that you know and you like. Uh, Robin Williams left Christian Science. Yeah. 
he went to the Episcopalian Church, which is an English church of similar to the Catholic Church. He started, he got involved with the wrong crowd. He was taking drugs and alcohol. Yeah. He, um, he just, it's sad to say, it, uh, he, uh, he, um, uh, he, uh, finally com- uh, committed suicide and died. Yeah. Um, can I just move but, on? But to... the fast is that, but the weird situation happened before all this happened. Yeah. He, he, uh, I tried to get him to come back to Christian science. Yeah. I tried to get him to stay away from drugs. Yeah. I tried to be his friend, but he shunned me. He didn't want it. I tried to help him. I really liked him. I really cared about him. His son was a fan of me from the Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. Of course. He, he wouldn't be. Um, and, and you know who else was a fan of mine from the Tim and Eric Awesome Show? Great job. No, who? Marie Osmond's uh, son that committed suicide. Wow. That's two... two... People and you know who else is fan of mine from the Tim and Eric show, but he doesn't call anymore. The guy, the main young boy from Two and a Half Men. Oh right, yeah. He used to call me all the time. Wow, wow. Maybe I can replace and him. Maybe I can be the new, the new young boy that calls you all the time. <laughs> um, huh? Maybe I can be the 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 guy to replace him. Um, do you? So so they only used you for a small amount in in the billion dollar movie because uh, you, they only used me. I was supposed to have a big part. I was supposed to have a part with George Farrah yeah. and John C. Riley. Yeah. John C. Riley came in as the retarded son. I was supposed to be his, his friend, and I was supposed to come in and talk to, to George Farrah. They yeah. cut that part out. Okay. I was supposed to... I was supposed to be the one that all out all the, with the with the holes out all the homeless people. They cut that part out. <laughs> I was supposed to sing with Chip the Black Boy. I have a forbidden apple, wanting to date a married woman. They cut that part out. <laughs> You're going to be the one to host down the homeless people. Way back wow. at the very end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's a shame they didn't they didn't use you more. Um, just, I, I've only got about five huh? minutes till I have to go. Can you tell me, just remind well, me again the, about... The, 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 jealousy. The, the jealousy is a terrible thing in our country. It is, yeah. Jealousy. But, but Lucille Ball was jealous of, of Vivian Vance. So when Vivian Vance did the newer shows, Here's Lucy, yeah. and the Lucy show, she only had um, uh, Vivian Vance only on once or two or three seasons. Wow. And she replaced um, her with a uh, Mary Craft, which yeah. uh, which that's what jealousy does. Jealousy yeah. is, a, is a monster. David, uh, I, have to, I, have, up, I have to go uh, in, one, in a second, one, but I'll, I'll I'll call I'll call you again. One, uh, uh, okay, and just before I go, um, can you remind me about um, um, when you, when you got when you got uh, taken by aliens when you got abducted? Because I've I've been trying to explain well, it to what? people when you got abducted by by aliens. Can you can you give me a two minute version of okay? What well, yeah. I and then I, okay, and, and then I gotta go to the bank to pay some bills. Yeah, I got my parents moved to Park Forest, Illinois. Yeah, um, uh, and I got abducted by aliens and operated on, and they bought a home in one one seventeen Westwood Drive in Park Forest, Illinois. Yeah. and I got abducted and worked on, and 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 and. And that's where it happened. Also, on my Caucasian side, um, I'm related to the Wright brothers. Okay. They are part uh, German and English and French, and they uh, were originally from Ohio. And they were working with the United States government, and um, the government's mm-hmm. been working with aliens for a long time for our back engineering technology. So, is that they saw Kessler, Einstein. They're the ones that built the pyramids. The, you know, the pyramids were not built by Egyptian slaves. They were built by um, by mm. spaceships with anti-gravity. Look up anti-gravity. And the spaceships uh, would put these stones one by one up through anti-gravity through the compulsion system, yeah. which um, um, uh, uh, which the, uh, the government is using with the with the B two bomber and a lot of back engineering technology, uh, wow. but you could um, and if you can look up David Ike, he knows a lot about. Yeah, no, stuff, I, know, I, he, I know, I know, David Ike. Um, yeah, cool. but I, 
I said, get off of David Ike that they won't let me speak about UFOs because I'm African-American. Could you talk to him? And I want to speak about UFOs. Yeah, no, I actually get do his number. Get David Ike for me. And tell, him, <laughs> and tell David Ike to go look at my website, artbyleebahart.com. Oh, I do actually have his number. Because <laughs> but I don't. The only problem is David Ike doesn't like people that are part aristocracy. So don't tell him. But I'm part aristocracy like Obama in there. He'll get angry. Well, if he, he knows you've been a part of the aliens, I'm sure he will be interested. Well, okay. But, All right. Well, well thank you much. for everything. Yeah. Sure. They call at any time. Yeah, I'll call in a couple of okay. days. Okay, and they get to for Mrs. Burnett for me. I will, I will. Call Mrs. Burnett for me and let her know that we talked. I will do. And, uh, Cheers, uh, David. Have thank a nice you. time in the bank. Cheers. Thank, Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, bye. And that was David Lieberhart. Wow. Yeah. That is not what I was expecting at all. It's not what all. anyone was expecting. It's not what I was expecting. <laughs> but it, t- it looks like I have to, when I see him next week when I'm in LA, I've got to uh, turn up with a bunch of trains for him, toy trains for him. Okay. It, which which, which sound, sounds good to Hopefully me. Hopefully Amazon Prime can deliver those, yeah. deliver those in quick quick time. Yeah, well, like I think these trains cost thousands of pounds, so I'm not oh, okay, sure maybe not them. whether him giving me some CDs kind of covers it, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Tom Stab, what is your second pick of what to watch on netflix so uh as i said earlier i wanted to do a tv show a film and a, and uh, some stand-up so this is the film choice yep again i hope this isn't too much of a basic choice and loads of people have seen it but um my second choice is a film called sing street which uh i caught at the tail end of last year which has just come uh, onto netflix in the last month right? it has yeah, yeah yeah very recently actually not not the tail end of last year maybe sort of well october-ish time and uh me and the other hosts of monkey tennis do a sort of annual awards thing at the end of the year where we pick our top albums our top yeah. songs top films podcasts etc yeah. um and this was my number two pick out of my favourite films of last year. The reason it was number two is because I... Your number two on, on the it's podcast. My number, I did a number two on the podcast. <laughs> my, the reason I did a number two on the podcast was, <laughs> uh, w- was because I'd just seen Arrival. Okay. And Arrival was my film of the year last year. But in hindsight, sorry, not hindsight, in retrospect... Yeah. I wish I'd made this my favourite film of last year because it's okay. uh, I, both amazing. Yeah, and I can't, I can't I think about this film a lot and how much I loved it, yeah. um, which I think I haven't really thought that much about Arrival it, apart from maybe like the week or so, week or two weeks after I'd seen it. Whereas this, I just yeah. keep sort of thinking about it because I've seen it twice now. Um, and yeah, so yeah, um, so Sing Street, um, directed by a guy called John Carney, who uh, did Once and Begin Again. Mm-hmm. Seen Once, Once is great. Yeah. Uh, I flat out will not see Begin Again because it's got it. it's because it's got Keira Knightley in it, yeah. and I cannot as an actress. I'm sure she's a lovely person. I just can't watch her in anything. She really sort of grinds my gears. It's um, I mean, Begin Again is like if someone watched Once. And then wanted to make their own film, but like 10 times worse. Um, <laughs> so you don't actually like... It's not a great film. It, it, it's, ju- it's, just, it's, just, it's just once, but yeah. set in New York and just with the most annoying characters ever. So um, my girlfriend, Abby, was watching this at home. Fiance. I, fiance. I keep forgetting. I don't keep forgetting. <laughs> I just hate the word fiance. Yeah. Um, was watching this when I came home from... I'd been out somewhere and she just got, I'll just put this on. Uh-huh. Um, she rented it on iTunes. And I'd missed the first 15 or 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, what's this? Uh, Sing Street. Okay, yeah, I've heard Kermode rave about how much he loves this film. So I I sat down and like I said, I've missed the first 20 minutes, but I was completely absorbed with it. Mm-hmm. within seconds yeah. and I was I, I kind of sat down thinking I'd sit down and watch a couple of minutes of this chat to Abby about how her day was or whatever and then yeah. Potter and go do something else but I ended up sitting down and watching the film um, all the way through and I love when films cast unknown actors yeah. uh, and kids when it works yeah. because there's something just so innocent and believable about their performances yeah. um, you know it doesn't always work if you take uh, The Last Airbender the M. Night Shyamalan film yeah. the kid in that was terrible he could do yeah. all the stunts and everything but the acting just completely took you out of the yeah. of the film because the great thing about using unknowns is you don't come with any baggage like yeah. you get like if you see Kira Knightley in a, in a role like she was in Begin Again it's like okay this is Kira Knightley playing someone it was yeah. an unknown that yeah. you literally you're, you're, you're engrossed in this person's mm. because you think it's the real person or you're more so, inclined to sure i mean it 
so in a nutshell, this kid is taken out of his uh, paid-for school because um, his parents are sort of running out of money. Um, dad's an architect, and he, his, his his firm's running out of running out of money or not doing so well. So he's put into um, public school. Um, sees a girl, falls in love with her, says that he's in a band. Um, of course, you tell yeah, that yeah. lie. Yeah, yeah. T- tell the, the 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 hot girl at school that you're in a band. Of course, I'm in, yeah. I'm in a band. So he has to then go and form a band, um, and. It's so I went back and watched it again recently in preparation for this. Kind of what I was talking about in the, with with the detectorists. There's just a real sort of heart to this film, and yeah. it's again, it's really funny. Um, you believe all the characters. You be, you believe the script is believable. The way they interact with each other, the way they talk, and I think I can't think of a film that. I mean, these are kids, but I can't think of a film that shows the process of writing a song so brilliantly. Um, yeah. It's not just like, oh, they went into a studio and bang, they had this song yeah. or oh, I've been working on this song and then it just plays it out perfectly. They're sort of them going back and forth and sort of trying out bits and parts. And Have you th- not watched Spice World? <laughs> not in a long time. <laughs> okay. Not in a long time. Um, I do love that film though. It's I should have picked that, shouldn't I? Yeah. should have picked Spice World. <laughs> Bollocks. Do that for another episode. Um and the soundtrack's great. The clothes really are really is. great. So the you've original got songs are so good. Duran Duran, The Cure, uh, The Jam, Hall and Oates, Man Eater, which is one of which my favourite yeah, songs yeah. of all time. Yeah, um, big into yacht rock at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and I think I'm just a bit of a sucker for a story that's about like young love yeah. and uh, in, 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 in a kid just trying to escape and a set small in the 80s. and set in the eighties. I mean, this is ticking all the boxes for it's, you, really, yeah, isn't it? Um, brilliant. And uh, a, a kid you know, having ambitions greater than the town and the situation that he finds him in and wanting to escape that. Yeah. Um, it's got kind of a bit of a John Hughes feel about it, you know, yeah, in that it it's got, you know, purpose. kids, you know, uh, uh, triumphing over adversity and, you know, there's ad- adults trying to, you know, keep them down saying that they're not good yeah. enough and, you know, their songs are crap or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I just absolutely loved it, and I think the relationship between him and his brother is fantastic as well, because yeah. the 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 brother's a bit of a stoner and a bit of a black sheep, and yeah. you know he's got ambitions of being a songwriter and, mm-hmm. and being in music, and he plays records to his younger brother, the main character, yeah. and he's kind of the influence for the for, for the main character, the yeah. older brother. It's one of the best kind of brotherly relationships I've seen in a movie. Yeah, because usually the brother, especially an older brother, is usually the antagonist mm. trying to keep his little brother down. But this is yeah. like a supportive. Yeah, exactly. He's supported, it, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but yeah. he kind of he kind of facilitates his what happens at the end yeah. for, for his for his brother when he could have been he could have held him down and kept him there for his yeah. own because he had aspirations to be yeah as well. I know, yeah, I just absolutely loved it, and um, it's probably yeah, it's probably my favourite film of last year, yeah, and it's very um, heartwarming. Yeah, and there's a bit of a running theme here, isn't there? Yeah, really, yeah, in, in what I'm picking. The, uh, the emotional ones. Yeah, what, yeah. Are you okay? No, I, you, <laughs> everyone just needs a bit of a pickup every now and then, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, Sing Street, and I urge everyone to go and watch it. It's available worldwide on Netflix, is, and yeah. um, uh, go and check it out because it's just if you if if it's raining outside and you're just stuck in on a Sunday afternoon, it is absolutely perfect you're right that's that is exactly uh, what it is uh, another great pick there tom stab uh, onto my final pick of what to watch on netflix um a little bit of a different vibe here so i'm um doing a film called phase four and do you, are you do you know this film i do not know phase four so phase four it was um directed by saul bass the only uh, film that he ever directed he's the guy who did all of the interesting kind of credits on those hitchcock movies um and this was made in 1974 mm-hmm. um and it's available on uh netflix uk at the moment it might be on netflix usa as well i'm sure it is um but phase four is essentially about ants taking over the world of course it is, it Jed. Is, but it's not in a kind of like uh, kind of a 50s kind of way. Attack of the where, Giant Monster yeah, Ants. Yeah, where there's a spaceship that crash lands and these massive six foot ants come out. These are actually physical small ants. Um, basically, the scientists realised that um, there were a lot of ants around um, and they seem to be concentrated in this one area in the desert. So these scientists go out to, to kind of uh, check out these ants. They build a dome in the desert to study these ants that seem to be quite um, aggressive and um, they realise that these ants, potentially, if they keep going at this rate, could take over the, the entire world. Um, so, they... I mean, it, and also, I have to say, this is a beautiful film. Though. So, so I'm making mm. it out to be kind of like a shocky B-movie. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. as beautiful and as and as um, pretty a movie as, as you can think. When did you say it came out? 1974. Right, okay. Uh, it's still right up, up on initial release. I think a lot of people were kind of... 
um, confused by it. And it is a little bit surreal. And there were a lot of kind of montages in silence of just ants crawling along like leaves and stuff. Um, But yeah, so so what happens is these scientists, they start to try and work out a way to eventually defeat these ants. So they test poisons on the ants and then the ants just become immune to that poison they make a stronger poison and the ants become immune to that poison and then they kind of realize there's nothing we can do here we need to uh basically submit to the ants so the movie is it's quite on a psychological level it's it's quite deep because we think that we're the top of the food chain on earth at the moment because we're the biggest we're the loudest we, we kill the most things but really deep down there are more ants than there are humans on earth um and the the ending isn't a happy ending, mm. but it depends on 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 kind of which way you think of it. Is it a happy ending where the humans kind of be, live with the rest of the kind of the animals and and insects and in in harmony? Um, which I I think yes, even though we might not be um, the top of the food chain anymore. Mm. Um, so yeah, so so am I right in thinking that obviously th- these are just normal sized ants? Normal but the sheer ants. volume of them means that yep. they just kind of take they're not malicious in any way they're just there's just so many of them that they just take over everything there's so many of them and due to the fact that they become immune to all known kind of poisons mm-hmm. um there is no way to stop them mm. essentially there's no but are they malicious are they trying to take over have they got sort of like a conscience that they're conscious that's kind of what the scientists begin to suspect when um while they're studying them they do certain things that antagonize the ants which make them retaliate and the retaliation essentially keeps going and right. and you basically once it gets to a certain point you have to kind of submit and realize that you are no longer top of the food chain the ants will rule us all, really. And that's called? That's called Phase 4, um, which is um, directed by Saul Bass on Netflix, made in 1974. And it was actually the first, a little bit of a, a tidbit here, um, it was the first film to show a crop circle. Mm. Uh, and this was a full two years before crop circles were, the first crop circle was found in the UK. What? So yeah, so this depicted um, higher intelligence of the ants, mm. and they showed that by by making a crop circle. Ah, right. Okay, the ants made the crop circle yeah, to show right, okay. they are uh, intelligent. Yeah. Um, and this was way before any crop circles first appeared in like Cornwall or whatever. So people think that this may, this movie may have spawned the kind of rise in crop circle culture. I'd like it if the crop circle was just like the ants spelling out lol. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about those crop circles, some of them actually look like ants, don't they? They're kind yeah, of segments yeah, yeah. of bodies. Wow. So you never know. So this could have been the, the start of uh, crop circles, which kind of feeds back into the whole um, alien conversation I had with David Lieberhart just now and how we got. Still can't get over that. Yeah. About he got abducted by aliens. They experimented on him for a while. Um, it, yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons why, why why they did that, why they picked him. But uh, I probably cut that out of the podcast already because <laughs> it's quite incendiary. Um, and that was my last podcast of What to Watch on Netflix, Phase 4. Tom Stab, what is your third and final pick of What to Watch on Netflix? So my third choice, I wanted to pick some stand-up. Have you had anyone pick any stand-up so far? No, not yet. Because no. there is loads of stand-up on, on Netflix. And I, I, I'm I, into my stand-up, so okay. I, I try and sort of watched uh, quite a bit of it. If this and is Jimmy Carr, then I want to... No, it's not Jimmy Carr, don't worry. going to have to cancel Yeah, the there's, um, there's, there's a lot on there, and it's quite hit and miss, I'll really be honest. Is, like, yeah. you get the big blockbuster celebrity Kevin comics, Hart, Ke- Kevin Hart's and, and, and Louis C.K.'s and and, um, and Frankie Boyle. Yeah. So you get those sort of, uh, from both sides of the Atlantic, sort of, in terms of superstar comics. Yeah. Some of the lower stuff. I, sometimes just out of interest, if there's a comedian that I've never heard of, I'll go and have a little watch and see what it's like. Yeah, um, yeah with more success than others. <laughs> um, so my third choice is a... It's, it's quite difficult to actually call him a stand-up, a straight stand-up, okay. because he's a comedian, a musician, a singer, a songwriter, rapper, actor, poet, author... He's quite Is a lot of me? things. No, it's not okay, you, Jed. Right, okay. No, it's uh, Bo Burnham, and oh, it's his yeah, stand-up, yeah. Um, his his third that's been on Netflix. I think only two of them are, uh, are still available now. Okay. It's called Make Happy. All right. um, so my previous two choices were quite warm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sentimental uh, uh, picks. 
the irony of this is that this isn't a, isn't a particularly happy uh, stand-up show, no. even though it's called Make Happy. Um, <laughs> is he quite um, kind of like angry? Well, no, he's not angry. He's just very self-deprecating. Right. And um, I'll, 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 I'll give you a bit of background of him. Okay. He, he's been active for about sort of 10 years or so, and he got started on YouTube by uploading comedy songs. Right. So he's got about 1.1 million uh subscribers on youtube but he's moved away from that and he's had you know he signed comedy deal albums with comedy central netflix right. deals so he's had he's had three shows on netflix two of them are there at the moment so he had um a show in 2010 called words 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 yeah. uh, a show in 2013 called what and then this new special which was released last year called make happy okay he's 26 and okay. he is incredibly talented um his songs are brilliant He's sort of part um, Byron, part Tim Minchin, part Louis C.K. So he's got kind wow, of got okay. quite a lot of strings to his bow. And, uh, you know, some of these comedians who do music and, and, and sketches and stand up and sort of try and do perhaps too much yeah. rather than focusing on one thing that they're really, really good at. Bo Burnham's amazing at all of them. He's, yeah. he's incredibly talented. Um, so he was nominated for uh, a Perrier in 2010. Uh, he didn't win the Perrier that year, mm -hmm. but he was not. <laughs> listen to this for like in terms of people that he was he was up against: Josie Long, Sarah Millican, Greg Davies, and uh, the winner that year was Russell Kane. So he was in wow, quite I a good hate Russell Kane. Yeah, I mean, restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so his shows tend to be quite introspective and quite self-deprecating. And he's American, uh, right? Yeah, he's American uh, from uh, Boston, I think, or Massachusetts, or, or somewhere around there. Um, he he takes sort of pot shots at fame and the idea of fame and celebrity and finds the whole concept of that very very strange and very odd and sort of the 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 modern day association uh, obsession sorry with uh, social media and sort of people's own personal brands sorts of thing finds yeah. the whole thing completely uh, strange and 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 alien. Um, I think he's he's possibly the closest to sort of a genuine comedic innovator that we have at the moment in terms okay. of people that are doing stuff that is pushing boundaries and his a lot of his comedy is very risque uh you know but it's it's satire and you know that you know it's it's jokes about you know blacks and jews and and that sort of thing and, and homosexuality is he doing it for a rise rather yeah well i don't even know i don't think he's like frankie boyle in that he does it for a rise i just yeah. think he's 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 clearly the cleverest person in the room and the way he does it is just so subtle and right. such a quick turn of phrase and it's physical comedy as well as as, as musical and straightforward uh sort of stand-up um the two i mean the highlight in this particular show is a song that he does mocking the modern country music star in america okay. um uh, i don't want to do the thing where you say oh i saw this really funny thing last night it went <laughs> like this and then either get it wrong or it just not be do, yeah, do yeah, it justice yeah. so i would obviously encourage people to go and and, and watch it um, and he also does sort of a parody of a Kanye West song, not taking the piss out of Kanye, yeah. but uh, in the style of Kanye. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think that's kind of an easy yeah. pot shot, and I think he's better than that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether it is a, an act or he is he is genuinely unhappy, um, but the 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 pathos sort of comes across as very very genuine. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, he he's easily the smartest person in the room, yeah. and. He thinks a lot about production and how things work in terms of visual comedy, but also lighting and uh, voiceovers and him sort of interacting with a voiceover or an, an audio cue or something oh, like okay. that. So quite and meta. It's meta. Very meta, very clever. Um, I think sometimes it does venture too close to being a little bit uh, pretentious maybe okay. but i think by the time you thought oh maybe this is a little bit pretentious he's done he's changed direction or changed tact and you've forgotten about it and or you're laughing about something else yeah so like i said he's done three of these shows and um he did uh, when he did what um which is also on netflix he came over and did some uk shows and did the forum so you so, uh, this so, what did you go no, I didn't. I only got into him after right, after he did right. that, and he hasn't come back, unfortunately. He has got a book of poems, which is which is uh, very funny, which I've got an ebook, okay. um, so I recommend that as well. But I think I think he's pretty much because he was when he was eighteen, he um, he met Judd Apatow and was working on a musical with him, which eventually didn't come out because um, he's he's openly admitted that he wasn't ready for that at that time. He, so he's he, 
he said in interviews that he could probably write a musical now as long as he had, you know, real help in terms of someone who was a proper composer. Tim Minchin? Uh, Tim Minchin, like that, for example. I think they'd work so well together. That'd yeah. be amazing. Um, but I don't think... Uh, I was re In the research for this, I came across an interview with him where he says that he doesn't think he's going to do any more stand-up. He wants to kind okay. of be behind... Yeah. you know the the curtain so to speak in terms of writing and composing and things like yeah. that um because like i said he's started on youtube so he's kind of been the he's been his face has been out there yeah. for about 10 years or so now um so which is a shame because i think he's amazing so i hope he comes back to it but i'm just gonna basically follow whatever he does because i think he's incredible and uh i highly recommend going and check definitely go and check make happy out because i think it's his best yeah. special but then what is also available which is really good and words 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 they're both on spotify as well so um where can so where can we watch um uh make happy is it that's available worldwide on Netflix. Worldwide on Netflix. Um, all my picks are Netflix. Which, this, is, which is, <laughs> makes it easy. Well, it's the only streaming service that I have because I'm not a Prime <laughs> member. I guess YouTube counts, but um, yeah. uh, words, 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 I think is someone has uploaded that to YouTube so you can watch okay. that but um, and check out his YouTube channel as well. He's really funny on Vine as well, so, so I'm kind of sad that that's finished. But yeah, yeah Bo Burnham, Make Happy, really great. That's great. That's an, another great pick there, Tom. Um, and that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you guys for listening uh, to What to Watch on Netflix. Tom Stab, if they want to find you on social networks or outside in the world, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Tom Stab with two Bs. Uh, and make sure you go check out Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. You really should. Maybe in the mini episode, I will do a little clip from the new series of Monkey Tennis, possibly. Um, anywhere else they can find you? Any other social networks? Uh, Instagram, Tom Stab with two Bs again. That's pretty much it. Um, and there's the Monkey Tennis Twitter as well. Yeah, which is at the Partridge Pod on Twitter. Um, and yeah, just search Monkey Tennis on iTunes. Or if you're not on iTunes, we're also on Acast as well. So give it a search on there. That's right. Uh, so thanks again to everyone. Um, if you're liking the show, please uh, subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends. Um, and I will see you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.